Hello and welcome to the Fantasy Challenge podcast. My name is Challen and each game week I will be discussing the game week that has just gone by and then look ahead to potential strategies, ideas and my personal thoughts about the upcoming game week. Thanks for listening, but now let's get cracking. Fantasy Premier League is back and all is right in the world once again. It's been a really quick preseason and not much of a break for the players, not much of a break for the fantasy players, but here we are, ready to go for the new season. Today I'm going to be discussing game week one as well as choices behind my team as and then move on to the possible plans for game week two heading into game week one this season one of the main changes to the game has been the extension to the deadline heading into a game week which will now cut away the potential leaking of starting 11s which has been very useful to players in the past, especially on Twitter, but gone are those ga- those days. The, the second change is the substitution rule that was introduced for Project Restart last season, and there are now only going to be three substitutes, substitutes this year, and it's better that way because there's probably going to be less rotation for us as fantasy managers. Heading into the team selection for me, when the fixtures were released, I wasn't entirely worried about tinkering too much. And the reason for that was because we had little to no preseason to work with. Teams are trying to rest. Uh, they had maybe one or two preseason games, and it just didn't seem right for me to try and tinker my team too much based on that because there wasn't enough information available. So as soon as the fixtures were released, I basically picked who I thought would be a good idea of a team for game week one and two, and then I left it for the longest time until probably Thursday afternoon last week. And that's when I started checking the team news and I started delving into the ocean of FPL content on social media as well as online. And that's where I ended up getting to my, what was my final game week one team late on Friday night I completed my final decisions and then on Saturday morning I just waited to see if there would be any final moments that could change my mind about captaincy or something like that 
when it came to deciding on my personal team for game week one, I went for a pretty stock standard, what was the, I would say, one of the templates on social media. And starting at the back, I went with, I opted to pay an extra 0.5 to get a 5 million goalkeeper in Aaron Ramsdale from Sheffield, purely based on Sheffield's reputation last year as a good defensive team. And Chris, Chris Wilder has them very well drilled. And I felt that I'm sh- sure that Ramsdale would be able to fit well into their system and hopefully do well in the first couple of game weeks. And at 5 million, I feel that he's going to make a number of saves and is a decent set and forget option at the back. My backup goalkeeper is just a 4 million bench fodder. I think it's David Button from West Brom. He's just moved there from Brighton. So he's going to be an understudy to Sam Johnston, I think. Good to have just in case something happens to Ramsdale. In defense, I have obviously gone for the number one pick in that area of the field, being Trent Alexander-Arnold because in the past I've usually gone for Robertson and saved that extra 0.5 but heading into the season I was willing to pay up to 8 maybe even 8.5 for him if need be his ability to get explosive returns is next to incomparable to any other defender And the only real decision at this stage was whether or not I should be doubling or even like some Mavericks out there tripling up on Liverpool defense this year from the the off. And I opted against that and instead went for my second big defender. I considered a couple of options. Matt Doherty, who just moved to Tottenham, Reese James at Chelsea, John Egan from Sheffield, and Sice from Wolves. Um, I ended up not going for Doherty because Spurs have a ton of games in the next couple of weeks, and there's definitely going to be rotation there, especially at right back. And now at left back with, I've got new signings coming in. So unfortunately at his price tag, I did eliminate him. But in the long term, as soon as their fixtures ease up, I might get him back. Reese James, I did not go for, for a similar reason. He's got all the promise in the world. His attacking potential is good. He plays really well. He's got a mean cross into the box. He takes some set pieces for Chelsea. And the only thing that was bothering me about him was his security of starts. Whether he could be the number one from the off of this season, I fully believe that he's going to be the number one by the end of the season. But at the moment, him and Aspel Equator are going to be rotating. I'm almost certain of that. So for that reason, I opted not, not going for him. John Egan, very solid centre-back last year. 
good goal scoring potential from set pieces in the box with these headers but personally i don't know it's just something that i usually end up doing but i don't like to double up in defense that often and with aaron ramsdale as my goalkeeper as i said and forget it just didn't feel right to be going for a sheffield defender as well it could work but it just seemed a bit too risky so I ended up going with Sice from Wolves because they've got very good fixtures besides in game week two they play Man City, but arguably that's a good game for them because they've been playing really well against them over the last season. And much like everyone else on social media, I started off with Ruben Vinagre, the 4.5 left wing back at in my team. But then Wolves ended up signing a wingback, I think his name is Marcel or Marcal, to fill in that position. And there were links of Vinagre being loaned to FC Porto. So again, security of starts. I don't want to be making too many defensive transfers this season. So I wanted someone who could be there for the longest term. And going with size, it makes sense. He's got good attacking potential, good assisting potential, and pretty good fixtures for the first maybe nine nine game weeks. So it felt like a good decision for me. And then as my other defenders, I ended up going with a rotation pairing of Kyle Walker Peters and well, from Southampton and James Justin from Leicester. They rotate very well and they're both pretty attacking at times. Kyle Walker-Peters more attacking than Justin, but less defensively sound, whereas it's more the opposite for Justin. Only problem about Justin is his potential starts being hindered with the return of Ricardo Pereira in game week three or four, depending on how he's rehab with his injury goes as well as the signing of Castagna from Atalanta in the off season. But I'm pretty sure based on his utilization in preseason, he was playing at right wing back. He was playing at right center back. He was playing at left back at times. So the fact that he can be a utility player in that back line, especially with Ben Chilwell and Johnny Evans out injured or Ben Chilwell moving to Chelsea, Evans being injured. It seemed like a good idea to get him in. And then my fifth my, my fifth defender was a 4.0 defender. We do not have the luxury of having a John Lindstrom like last season. Doubt we ever will ever again. But instead, I went with Crystal Palace's Tyreek Mitchell, who's been their left back in preseason and has a good chance of starting the first few games before Patrick Van Arnholt comes back from injury. I almost went for Ferguson, his right wing back compatriot on the other side, but he's currently injured. And for someone who's going to be sitting on my bench as my third option, 
I feel it's a good choice. And we've got the reputation of Roy Hodgson, who likes to have a settled team and he doesn't mind playing his youngsters, as we've seen with Juan Bissaka a couple of years ago. If you're going to play well, you're going to fit well into his system and work hard, then you're going to be re rewarded with starts. So safe option for me in the meantime, at least. In midfield, I have gone for the what was the template options in big hitters of Mo Salah and Aubameyang from Arsenal. They both have pretty good fixtures coming up. Aubameyang's been reclassified as a midfielder, which I think is going to be very beneficial for him and us. I personally think he's going to be one of the top five scoring players in the game this season. And I think he's a good option for captaincy as well in the first couple of game weeks. My other, other midfield options ended up having to either be, I was considering a eight and a half or nine million player in midfield or getting two players of that same price up front. So in the end, I ended up going with Son Yong Min from Spurs at nine million in midfield because they've got good fixtures. As we've seen last season, whenever goals are scored in that team, it either goes through Harry Kane or there's some involvement from Son. They've got good fixtures coming off straight off the bat until about game week 12. And unfortunately, they do have some a lot of games coming up. So that's the one bad thing. But one of the big reasons why I ended up going with him was because it allows me to get a Man United asset in game week two or three if I feel I want to get one. It's a very easy move for me to get from Son to Rashford because I have 0.5 in the bank and I can get him. And it's not too far away for me to get Bruno Fernandes if I want to get him as well. That was the main reason why I did not go for Dele Alli, like a lot of people I saw did get, just because I didn't want to get stuck with a player that I wouldn't be able to get away from immediately. Other players that I'm looking at are a lot of the new signings from at other clubs like Everton and Chelsea, uh, Kai Havertz, Pulisic, who's just come back from injury. Uh, at Everton, you have James Rodriguez, definitely considering him. And then for my third, I mean, my fourth midfield option, it was more of a cheaper midfielder that I knew was going to be starting. And looking at the fixtures, I ended up going with St. Maximan from Newcastle because in that team, he's usually the an enigmatic player, the talisman or the the player that ends up making a difference in some way. And at his price point of five and a half, I'm not expecting him to return every week. But if he does, then that's fantastic. My fifth midfielder is just a 4.5 midfielder. I think I ended up going with Lamina. It was literally any one of the 4.5s. Could have been Basuma, Stevens, Harrison Reed, Lamina, anyone. Doesn't really matter to me. 
upfront. I ended up going with the most popular option that I've seen in teams in drafts on social media and being a Chelsea fan myself. I ended up going with Timo Werner. He's got a massive reputation coming into England. Played very well last season. Can play on the left, can play up front. And pretty good fixtures off the bat. New signings, a very attacking Chelsea team. It just, at a decent price as well, at nine and a half. It just seemed like a very good idea to get him. My other two final choices that I had to make were my two other strikers. And over here, I think I had about 13 million in the bank left to work with. So I could either have gone for two six and a halves or a four and a half and a eight and a half striker. I didn't go for the four and a half because I felt that there are quite a lot of mid-priced or a lot of good mid-priced options in these first few game weeks in the smaller teams. Uh, namely, Mitrovic, Chris Wood, who missed game week one, but has some very good fixtures coming up. Uh, the Southampton pairing of Che Adams and Danny Ings, who I feel is a little bit overpriced this season. Dominic Calvert-Lewin, Rodrigo Moreno from Leeds, and Patrick Bamford. So, I mean, the pool of mid-price options this season is rather large, and I tend to enjoy going with the form players there. So, the one who I initially went with, just purely based on fixtures and him being the focal point of the team, albeit a bad team, most likely, but Mitrovic from Fulham has got good fixtures coming up from like basically the first nine or ten game weeks. And at six million for their talisman striker, it's just, to me, it made absolute sense to get him. Even if he doesn't return all the time at six million, I'm not expecting him to score a hat trick every game. And that left me with seven million. And for the longest time, I was almost set on just getting Calvert Lewin. But I don't, no offense to the guy, but I just haven't been convinced to them. On the stats sheet, yes, last season he was getting shots in the box so often and he's always on watch lists and occasionally fortunate to score a couple of goals. But, and he has all the potential to do that this year with his new acquisitions behind him, hopefully assisting him. But from the beginning, I didn't consider that to be the best option for me personally. And I wanted to keep 0.5 in the bank to hopefully get a Man United asset in game week two or three, if I so wished. So instead of me having to worry about that decision too much, Steve Bruce ended up making that decision very easy for me because in the middle of last week, Newcastle announced the double signing of the relegated duo of Ryan Fraser and Callum Wilson. And Callum Wilson is probably pretty well known as a troll to some in the FPL community. But whenever he's been in my team, I've always had him for the, his good runs. And last season, I had him from the beginning and he scored. He returned in every game week for the first seven or eight game weeks. And then I sold him and he 
just stopped returning. So whenever he's been in my team, he's done well. And I like to have proven options, proven point scorers in my team in game week one. So as soon as I saw he joined in a system where he's playing with St. Maximan, Elmeron, Ryan Fraser, and now himself, and he's got Andy Carroll up front to win the headers for him. I just, I like the idea of having him and their fixtures are pretty good in the first few weeks. So I went to them up front and yeah, that's basically my team. So after the break, we're going to carry on and then I will tell you about how my game week went and then look at my plans and potential transfers or thoughts and ideas for the upcoming game week. See you shortly. Okay, we're back. And looking at my game week for the results for this week, I ended up on a pretty good score of 89 points. Very happy with that. I think I started last season on 80-something as well. So staying consistent in that regard. Uh, I captained Mo Salah, so I was pretty fortunate to get his hat-trick. I had Aubameyang's goal. Sice got his goal and clean sheet and bonus. He could have ended up with a hat-trick as well, hitting the post and inches wide as a header. So long-term, I like his pick. I had Mitchell getting a clean sheet against Southampton, which was going against the grain. I knew a lot of people had Walker-Peters, so I thought, I'm going to go for Mitchell. I trust him, the Hodge. Up front, I had Werner getting me the assist for the penalty that Chelsea got. And I also got a debut goal from Callum Wilson. Uh, Looking at the results in the game, we go on my bench, I had Justin, but I don't mind that decision because I wasn't expecting Leicester to keep a clean sheet and I sure as hell wasn't expecting Justin to get an assist for a penalty. So it's the kind of thing that I don't really mind missing out on. So disappointments in the game week, not too many, to be honest. Alexander Arnold got one point, but again, who would have guessed that Leeds were going to score three against the defending champions? Um, Son against Everton. Spurs were just terrible, <laughs> which doesn't bode well for their picks going forward, but I trust them to maybe do well this coming week against Southampton. Uh, up front, Mitrovic blanked for me, but again, that was against Arsenal. First game of the season. And I think it's going to be, it might be better for him in the coming weeks against Leeds, Aston Villa, Sheffield, Palace, West Brom, West Ham. Quite a few good games where I expect him to get me some points. The teams that I'm worried about this season are, as I've already mentioned, Spurs, um, Southampton. Um, not convinced with them yet. They had a very good project restart last season, but defensively, they're still not the best. So they need to be scoring goals. 
And last season, they thankfully relied on Ings. But he was scoring way above his XG, and he's going to have to continue doing that if they're going to perform or stay in the league, or else other players are going to have to step up, the likes of Che Adams and Ward-Prowse and the like. They've lost Hoiberg in defensive midfield, so big potential for a bad season if they don't kick on early. Uh, the second team I'm worried about, Fulham. They're playing very much the same way that they did last season, which is very boring and possession-based. They're basically trying to pass their opposition out of the game. They put them to sleep with possession, and then they hope to score a goal. And in the Premier League, you can't play that slow-passing game, and I fully expect them to be relegated at the end of the year. Um a bit worried about Sheffield as well. Um, I'm not too sure why. It's just a feeling that I have. I hope that they do well because I really enjoyed them last season. But I'm a bit worried about second season syndrome setting in for them. The teams that impressed me were Leeds. You can see that Marcelo Bielsa has really set that team up well and if they continue to be as attacking as they were against Liverpool then we might have a team very similar to Swansea when they were promoted under Brendan Rodgers in that first season where they're hitting teams in the counter-attack with fast wingers and a quick striker and just quick passing as well so promising start for them Everton looked pretty good against Spurs, but again, I'm not sure if it was Everton looking good or if it was Spurs just being terrible. And Wolves. Uh, Wolves might be the underlying team that people just aren't noticing or aren't really worrying about the season, but they don't have European football and they're a good squad. They showed it in that first year and they showed it again last year, even with Europa League football. And their first few game weeks are very good. And with a strong squad and a strong manager, it could be a very big season for them. And I'm looking forward to potentially owning more of their assets in the coming weeks. All right, and that's the end of the game week review. Looking ahead to game week two, personally for my team, as I've already mentioned, and I think like most of the people in the game are doing, I'm going to be considering getting in a Man United asset, which will either be Son to Rashford, or I could go Son to Greenwood if I want to be completely different. Or alternatively, I could do Werner to Martial, because see, Werner has currently got a flag, which I know is a dead leg, but if he ends up being out for a game or two, then it'll just be an easy transfer to get Marshall in. But I'm most likely going to wait until Thursday for team news and maybe even Friday, Saturday morning, just to see final things. The only thing that would uh, affect me is that prices are going to be rising and they already are. But personally, I don't really get baited into price changes anymore um, unless it's the kind of move where I feel it's going to affect 
me like long term if I don't do it. But besides that, I don't really worry about it. Captaincy for this week, oh, it really, it's pretty, my mind's already made up really. If you look at my team, my options are Salah against Chelsea, which could be promising, but it is away and he's not the best away player. But it's against a Chelsea defense that wasn't the best last season, pretty bad actually. Second option is Werner against Liverpool at home. But it seems like you'd be betting against a potentially losing horse there. And in terms of the highest potential attacking returns for me this week, I think I'm going with Aubameyang against West Ham. And that's because my intended strategy this season is going to be to try and target the whipping boys with captaincy. Alternatively, if I can't get a captain against one of the bottom three, then I'm going to be choosing a captain against someone in the bottom six. And therefore, West Ham, Fulham, all these teams that are really bad, I'm going to be captaining them. So easy choice for me, Captain Aubameyang, and that's that. All right, and that looks like we're just about done. I want to thank you very much for listening. Hope you had a good time. I wish you all the best for the upcoming game week in game week two. As long as you get less than me, I don't mind. And I'd like to encourage you all to, if you enjoyed listening, to like, subscribe, and all those nice things to the podcast. You can find us on almost all of your podcasting platforms, wherever you listen to them, Spotify, iTunes, Google Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, a few others as well. And if you can't find the link, head on over to our Twitter, which is at FanChallenged, and you can follow us there. We post the links to the podcast every week, and we post the team our team how we do and any thoughts and musings that we may have if you have any questions go ahead and ask them there but until next time see you there good luck